The following podcast is taken from a live broadcast on Inspire FM. Catch a creative vibe on the Urban Cube with Sister Shamiza. Assalamu alaikum and a very good morning to you. It's 10 o'clock on Monday, 13th of May, and you're listening to me, Shamiza, taking you all the way up to 12 o'clock on the Urban Cube Show, brought to you on Inspire Firm. A massive, massive big Ramadan Kareem, Ramadan Mubarak to all our listeners, not just across Luton, but also Salaam Radio and Link FM this morning. It's already a week into Ramadan, mashallah, where has the time gone? It's uh, a week gone by very, very quickly, it seems. I hope it's not been testing for you. Um, and um, I'm, I hope, I hope you've all been keeping the Inspire FM team in your the as well. Um, also want to say um, a massive big salam and I hope you can share your duas with all the children that are sitting their GCSE exams. I was listening to the Rise and Shine show and I was listening to all the, the parents um, sending in messages, messages for their children requesting duas. So from us all here, we are sending out lots of duas for all the children that are sitting their GCSE exams and also the SAT exams. Yes, year six SAT exams are happening as well. So um, wish you all the very best from us here at Inspire FM and especially the Urban Cube show. Now, if you're listening to us, home or traveling or at work on the app then do stay in connected to us we'd love to find out uh, what you're getting up to and how has ramadan been for you so far as always we're asking our listeners and um, what are your ramadan goals what is it that you're wanting to achieve this ramadan that hopefully inshallah you will take forward throughout the year as well now if you'd like to join in with any of the conversations then it's 0777948 As always on the show, we've got a great panel of guests, great creatives who are going to be sharing their journey. We're going to be talking about legal issues. We'll be also speaking about nutrition and motherhood as well as some creativity on the show today with our guests who are specialists in all of those areas. Now, um, as always, uh, the Urban Cube is very welcoming of um, your ideas and thoughts for the show. Now, I just want to say a massive big thank you to the Inspire FM team, mashallah. The show has achieved quite a, a wonderful level of listeners, so much so that I kind of got me a bit, a little award. So I'm really, really um, delighted and jazakallah khair to everybody that has been supporting the show. So thank you so very much um, to you guys and the Inspire FM team as well, the managers who kind of recognised uh, the, the work that's been presented and projected on this show. But it doesn't happen on its own. It happens because you make it happen. So thank you so very much for that. Now, the time is uh, three minutes past 10. And on today's show, as promised, I've got four fantastic guests who are going to keep you guys entertained and keep me company this morning. They're not in in the studio live. They are actually over the phone across the country. They're joining me this morning. Um, Facebook Live is on. However, the cameras are not on in the studio. If you want to leave any comments, please feel free to do so. Um, and we, as always, the show is repeated at 8pm. We're also iTunes and Spotify too as well. So you can't miss us. We're everywhere. 
Um, a few announcements, folks. Um, Friday, 17th of May is share an iftar with your neighbours or work colleagues and be part of a national campaign. It's National Iftar Day. Um, and what we want folk to do is share with others. So share your pictures on the day and hashtag it National Iftar Day. Now, this is a exciting, super, super exciting event. It's the first time ever it's happening. Num- a number of radio stations, community radio stations are coming together on one day this Friday the 17th to actually invite you guys to share an iftar with your neighbours they will be going across the country in every city mashallah encouraging you to participate engaging with your neighbours now uh, this has been organised by brother dear brother Faisal Sultani from Link FM in Sheffield he has been able to get radio stations across the country to get together to do this. I think it's a record-breaking event um, to come together to share the love of Ramadan and to share the hospitality with our neighbours. Mashallah, what an absolutely exciting event. I'm super, super excited to find out and check all these images that we're hoping that you guys will be sharing. So you need to hashtag um, National Iftar Day. If you're participating, we want to see those pictures circulating on Twitter to show the beauty of Islam. And one of the greatest things about Islam is reaching out to our communities and uh, what better time to do that. So do get involved, people. Um, And massive big salams and duas to brother Faisal Sultani, the man behind this very, very, very innovative and exciting event. Now, our national um, open iftar is actually happening as part of an event happening this Friday, which which is a community open iftar, mashallah, which has been organised by um, Inspire FM and a variety of different organisations coming together as well. So um, this is going to be happening in Luton and we'll find out a little bit more about how you can get involved as well. It is free. It's free. So there's no cost uh, to this event. You just turn up and get involved. Um, So a little bit more information about that very, very shortly. Now, um, Inspire FM is also hosting an Eid. Now, you might have seen the billboards across the, um, you know, Bury Park. Yep, we're, we're going loud and proud with Inspire FM's Eid event. Now, this is going to happen on the 4th and 5th of June pending on the moon sighting and it's actually at Lucy Park. All rise and activities are £1 and some are even free. Yes, people, some are even free. So all rides and activities are £1 and this will be happening um, at Lucy Park 4th and 5th of June pending on the moon sighting. Another very, very exciting event happening. Now, on today's show, I am joined by remarkable guests, as always, and it's an absolute pleasure to have them joining me on um, the blessed month of Ramadan. Now, on today's show, I'm joined by um, the very, very fabulous, remarkable, multi-award winning human rights activist and solicitor Shabina Begum. Shabina was awarded the British Bangladeshi Power and Inspiration Award Top 100 in the UK in 2017. She's the winner of the IKWRO True Honour Award 2016. But most notable, she's been featured in the First 100 Campaign, an exhibition celebrating 100 years since women entered the legal profession in the UK. Mashallah. She'll be joining me very, very shortly. 
Also joining on the show, we're getting some nutritional advice with Bilal Goha. Now, Bilal Goha is a personal trainer, getting a, and he'll be talking to us about everything nutritional and how to manage fitness and also healthy eating in uh, uh, Ramadan. Um, sounds quite difficult, but it's he'll, he's the expert. He's going to be sharing that with us. Plus, I'll be getting a creative fix with a Spiritual Vibe, joined by Abrar Khadri. He's the creative director and co-founder of AWMA. They're the amazing team behind the stunning Quranic installation scene at the Ramadan tent, Open Iftar. And finally, I'll be joined by no other than TV presenter and producer Nadia Hussain. She'll be joining me on the show in the latter half after 11 o'clock to talk about motherhood and Ramadan. Mashallah, she um, is a, a very delightful Uh, inspiring young lady who I'm really excited to speak to but she's not the only inspiring woman on the show this morning I am super excited to speak to no other than Shabina Begum as I've already mentioned she is a multi-award winning human rights activist who does not shy away from the topics that need to be discussed and the issues that need to be tackled from domestic violence uh, is an area that she has been fighting for the rights of women to make sure that their voices are heard and their stories are not being missed. She's also a solicitor who has is highly respected, so much so that she's been awarded a British Bangladeshi Power and Inspiration Award. She's also the winner of the IKWRO True Honour Award 2016, but most notable, she's been featured in the first 100 campaign, an exhibition celebrating 100 years since women entered the legal profession in the UK. Assalamu alaikum, Shabina. Walaikum assalam. How are you, Shamaisa? I'm so, so very well. Now it's slightly echoey, so I'm assuming you're in your office in a corner speaking to me at work this morning. <laughs> I'm actually in a conference room. Um, so I actually, it is very echoey in here, and it doesn't help that I have a, a terrible voice. So you're just going to have to bear with me, I'm afraid. Bless you, bless you, my dear. Firstly, Ramadan Kareem and Ma- Ramadan Mubarak Ramadan to you. Ramadan to you too. Thank you. You. Thank you. And congratulations to you and your team on this amazing award. Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. It's, it, you know, these things happen because we have great guests like yourselves who make the oh. awesome conversations and content that we deliver to our listeners. And you have been delivering so much in sh- such a short space of time, Shabina. You're, you're you know, a very young woman um, with so much get up and go and energy and passion. Um, mashallah, from... You know, from once you'd achieved your bar in 2009 and you were admitted as a solicitor <laughs> in 20... 20- years ago this year. How many years ago? <laughs> Ten years ago Mashallah. This year, I was called to the bar. So, yeah, no, alhamdulillah. Uh, mashallah, mashallah. And, you know, you've been specialising in domestic violence, honour-based violence, forced yeah. marriage, stranded spouse matters, FGM... Yeah divorce, financial orders. You're an expertise in Sharia law, both family law and Islamic financing. And you've also been a domestic violence advocate, handling high-risk cases and extremely vulnerable clients. Mashallah. Now, I can totally understand why um, you have been recognised as being one of the faces featured in this very exciting photographic exhibition celebrating 100 years of women in the legal profession. Shabana... Um, Shabina, sorry, Shabina, tell me, my dear, Shabina, tell me, I mean, how how does that feel to be recognised 
in an exhibition. I'm going to be very honest. I think it, it was just very exciting and it's an absolute privilege. And if I'm very honest, this is one of the main reasons I was very excited when you asked me to speak on the show today. And, and this was one of the reasons why, like in recent times, you saw this and you're like, let's discuss this. Mm. Um, I think it was more than just the exhibition itself. For me, it's what it represents mm. in terms of, obviously, you know, 100 years ago, you had women in, in, in the UK finally entering the legal profession. Mm. And then it took decades for women of colour to get into the profession and mm. then, then it took a few more decades for women of different faiths to be able to express that and and I think 100 years later here I stand it, representing those different strands and Mashallah. that's just so exciting you know alhamdulillah and, and actually it's, it's a privilege um, and when I think about the fact that I do come from an immigrant family and you know I was the first girl in my family to go to university the first and only girl still to be a lawyer in the family and here I am as part of this exhibition with all these other amazing women and I, I don't know if you've had a chance and I highly do recommend that mm. everyone goes on the website and actually looks at the exhibition because it's just such a, a beautiful cohesion of different mm. women mm. Um, and, and for me that's my favourite part and I think that the cover photo at the moment is, I, th I think she's a judge or mm -hmm. a QC, she'll have to forgive me if I'm mistaken, but she's like holding a child on her who I think is her grandchild and there's something about hope and kind of encouraging future generations to come just captured in that photograph and I think that's amazing I, I and then you open up and there's a barrage of women you know what I have to say that has to be one of my mm -hmm. favorite images she's got the, the wig yeah. on she's got the gown yeah. on and then she's got her yeah. a little child on the hip which emulates yeah. emulates what woman being a woman is all about that you can Please. balance the two and this is a her grandchild so obviously this is like the um the next generation you know exactly. the third generation Mashallah, which is such yeah, a powerful image. Now, we talked about 100 years. You've been in the legal profession for 10 years and you have dealt with cases that have been so intense, but you haven't stopped. What inspires you? What motivates you, Shabina, to do what you do, to fight for those causes that are still, still not being addressed fully? Um, I, I think the main thing, funnily enough, is the cause itself. Mm -hmm. It's knowing that there are vulnerable people out there that need that level of assistance. And I, I say this because I think a lot of us do set out to be lawyers for that reason mm -hmm. in itself. Like, we have this sense of justice and we really want to get on with those issues. And I have to admit, I, I, I'm in my firm, we deal with extremely specialist issues, such mm -hmm. as child abduction. And that's why I've been able to do other work like forced marriage work and child marriage work and FGM work and that really does that kind of motivation I have to admit and that kind of even resilience has to come from a different space mm -hmm. because you are faced with such hard-hitting issues and sometimes you have to just let put your emotions at the door just mm -hmm. so you can support someone else and a lot of the time I do find that that's my job as a lawyer but then you go home and then you have to deal with those things but I think that the key thing within that is just knowing that actually there's someone out there who just needs your support and for me that's always the drive um, and and what one of the things um, just just to kind of like I think since the last time we spoke one of the things that I've done I was actually out in the States last year um, so out in the US because um, I was given a Fulbright scholarship to do some research on child marriage um, and, and the reason I say this it is things like that that actually give me motivation mm -hmm. because sometimes even just doing the casework you're so embroiled and so engaged in that that you don't 
step away to always think about the human side Mm. but actually last year I just took a step back and I was doing research and just speaking to people again not not as a lawyer but more as as a student and more just as Shabina and and that just re-motivated me to to come back and and keep going Um, so you know alhamdulillah it's those moments in life I think those pauses in life that I think really do help to, to work on my motivation. And your motivation is so contagious you're always be you have the most radiant smile and I've never seen uh, any image of you where you know you're looking se- you know serious or looking as if you're actually in the legal profession I, it's mashallah it's beautiful and may Allah always protect you and and always you know keep his light beaming on you to continue to do what you do um they, these are serious issues. These are serious subjects that you deal with. How you know you talked about stepping back, but how else do you balance your mental well-being um, to remain so positive and such um, you know out you know energetic? It's it, it's a tough one. There's actually two things because this kind of just triggers on my memories too. I was doing research a few years ago um, and working with survivors who had been attacked by acid, mm. and I was out mm. in Cambodia. And so I was a bit bit younger then, and it was one of the things a project manager out there had said to me just before I started interviewing survivors. He asked me, he was just like, Shabina, how are you feeling? And I said to him, I feel nervous. And he just turned around and looked at me, and he said, just remember, if you feel nervous, they will mirror your energy. So you must go in to comfort them, and then they will warm to you. And so I always feel the need to kind of just wear that brave face and in front of a client just kind of say to them it's, it's going to be okay sure. I will support you and, and Alhamdulillah they do reciprocate that energy um, but the, the other thing funny enough and I'm kind of glad you're asking me this as, as we're on the doors well actually so we're inside Ramadan now we're no, no longer at the doors but that's actually one of the key things um, in terms of goals and motivations this Ramadan that I'm, I'm trying to do because I, I do believe that every Ramadan you know mashallah, it's, it's always a new beginning um, and this month is an amazing month because it allows us to just reset. Um, and it's a detox for our body, but it's also, I'd say, a detox spiritually. And one of the key things this Ramadan for me has been trying to use the hours in the days that pass more effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think, for me, so far, it's been a great opportunity to just reset some bad habits and instill new ones in terms of actually balancing work and then going home, helping my mum and my, my sister and everyone make iftar. Um, but the, on, on the other side of it, as you mentioned earlier, I'm very sympathetic of the students that are doing their GCSEs and other exams because I'm also studying part-time so I really have to use every single hour in my day very effectively and I think Ramadan (laughs) has been has allowed me to to start a new balance wow wow and it seems as if you're really really using every single hour of the day have you slept my dear that's the question (laughs) yes 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 that's actually the most important part Oh, it, without the sleep you're nothing and you know <laughs> my world. considering the success that you've achieved you are you're you're just like any other normal girl you have all you still have to go home and help your mum cook you still yeah. have to um balance your day out and the fact that you're actually revising for your exams as well mashallah <laughs> what is it that you're revising for and what tips could you give to any of our listeners any of the youngsters that are home listening to the show we do also have the show repeat at 8 p.m. this evening and I'm sure a lot of parents would love to hear advice from yourself somebody who's done so well academically mashallah oh wow 
Thank you. But I, I think the key thing for me with, with this piece of revision and work that I've been doing, it's, I, I just spent some time just setting out a timetable. And I think the key thing with re revision is repetition. Mm -hmm. So it's making sure that within my timetable, I keep reviewing whatever knowledge. Um, and that sounds so basic, but I find that sometimes when we're studying, that's the, the piece that we miss. Mm. Um, and I know this now more than ever because last year I was a student after almost 10 years. <laughs> I wow. graduated in my mm. undergrad. So I had to really pick up like skills that I'd, I think I'd lost or forgotten mm -hmm. somewhere. Um, but I think that's just the key thing to revise is to review and, and then eventually it sticks. Inshallah. Inshallah. So, so revise. I'm everyone's duas. Inshallah. So vice versa. <laughs> Shabina sending you GCSE students duas. You send yes. them back to her. All the Please. best. And A-level <laughs> students will be um, Ooh, doing their exams cute. as well very, very shortly oh, too. So do you remember those days? Do you remember doing your A-levels? And did you ever think about, you know, was being a lawyer <laughs> yes. your goal? What, is, that the, is that all you ever wanted to be? It was, it was, I have to admit. I think by the age of 13, I just knew that I wanted to be a lawyer. Um, and I think my biggest struggle was when, <laughs> this is going to sound quite embarrassing now, but when I decided to wear the hijab and I was just like, how am I going to wear a hijab and a wig um, at the age of, what, 16? And it was the biggest dilemma in my life oh, then. And a lot you. of people supported me through. Um, but then, you know, it's, it's funny. And I think in the time, in the face of this exhibition, I realized how many other women had already dealt with that issue and there's wow. so much beauty in that um realizing do you know my predecessors dealt with this like why did I even have to worry because I didn't when I was called to the bar I didn't have to worry about it it was just my mum saying but you will wear the wig <laughs> and I was like okay mum <laughs> so I wore it on top of my job like it was wow. the best compromise ever you know and I love the fact that your mother's like there's no umming and eyeing. You are going to wear that no, wig. No, you're going to wear the wig. Oh, you are going to wear the wig. And <laughs> yeah. this this exhibition, Marsha Love, if you've listened, if you've mm -hmm. just tuned into the show, folks, you're listening to the Urban Cube. It's ten twenty two. I am joined by a very remarkable, remarkable young woman by the name of Shabina. Begum, a multi-award winning human rights activist and solicitor. Now, she's not just been featured in and awarded the British Bangladeshi Power and Inspiration, um, top 100 in the UK 2017. She's the winner of the IKWRO True Honour Award 2016. So what does that actually <laughs> exactly. stand for? I'd love to know what yes, that stands I, I for. I felt like I should explain Yes, please. You. So the acronym starts and stands for, so it's the Iranian... Kurdish Rights Women's Organization. Oh, wow. Um, and they're a brilliant NGO that do a lot of work um, on the issue mm. of honor-based violence. And they were actually founded just, um, I think, was it after, or as, as a result of, you've probably heard of Banaz Mahmood. Yes. Um, when she was murdered as, as a result of honor-based violence. And they came together and supported a lot of Iranian and Kurdish women uh, after that period mm -hmm. um, to get them out of honor-based issue. And now they just branch out and they help lots of survivors of um, forced marriage and honor-based violence. So they're great great organization and it was a privilege when, when i won that award for sure and so you're not just nationally recognized you're internationally recognized for your work <laughs> which is ex 
extraordinary and it doesn't stop there. She's also been featured in the first 100 campaign and exhibition celebrating 100 years since women entered the legal profession in the UK. Mashallah. That is Shabina Bacon. Now, Shabina is on the phone with me and we've been discussing her journey into the legal profession. Now, it started at the age of 13 when the dilemma <laughs> that she had was how is she going to wear the wig, the legal wig, over her hijab? Now, Shabina, if you, if there are if this exhibition was around when you were 13 years of age, what difference do you think would it have it made in your life? It would have been life-changing, I think. Um, I think more so because, as I say, like I think our role models have been there for for decades and I just didn't know this um, not as clearly as I know it now and I read some great stories funnily enough as part of this exhibition of some of the first international um, female lawyers who had come from parts like well it was India at the time um, before the, the South Asian subcontinent was divided and um, they'd come to England they'd taken their degree and they went back home and it wasn't it wasn't recognized um, and when you hear stories like that you suddenly realise actually figuring out how to wear a wig when you're called to the bar probably isn't going to be my biggest issue. Like, every stage of my academic career is recognised and actually there's the support out there already. Um, and, and, and I think that's been one of the other key things in this journey, just mm -hmm. knowing that there are other role models out there. Um, I'm a huge believer of that. I'm a huge believer of, like, leaving the drawbridge open for, for the ge ge generation to come. And alhamdulillah, I've, I've, I've definitely benefited from that, um, from women before me. Mashallah. So, and I'm going, to, I'm going to be really looking forward to showing this exhibition on my Facebook feed, inshallah, for anybody Yay. that wants to see it. I was so proud to see your face on there. Really, <laughs> really you. was. And it's been an absolute pleasure interviewing this morning, Shabida. Thank you so much for supporting the show and, it's, and um, wishing you a beautiful Ramadan. Same to you and your team and your family. Thank you. That is the wonderful yeah. Shabina Begum uh, speaking to us. And she was working and she's in the conference room, but she gave us her time. And it's an absolute pleasure sharing her journey, um, inshallah. Now we're heading off to a break and the conversation won't, doesn't stop there because I'll be getting some nutritional advice from a personal trainer straight after this. Assalamu alaikum. On 105.1 FM, Inspire FM. Assalamu alaikum and good morning to you. It's 10.30, Monday 13th of May and you're listening to Shamiza taking you all the way up to 12 o'clock on Inspire FM 105.1 FM. We're going live and direct across Luton surrounding areas, Peterborough and Sheffield this morning. It's always a, a pleasure to be in your company and it would be absolutely wonderful to find out where you're listening in from this morning. Now we're sending out massive shout outs to the wonderful children um, and young people who are sitting their exams. It is the SAT exams. It's the year six SAT exams as well as GCSEs. Yep, GCSEs are upon the children of Luton and the country. So if you'd like to send a message out to um, your children, would love to uh, read them out. And also the repeat of the show is 8pm. So if they're at school, they can hear the messages later on in the evening. It's a week. We're already into a week of fast, mashallah, it's gone by very, very quickly and um, I hope the fast have not been too testing um, and uh, please do keep us all in your 
beautiful, beautiful du'as, inshallah. Now, if you'd like to join in with any of the conversations on the show this morning, we're talking nutrition. We've been talking um, the legal profession and uh, with Shabina Begum. We're going to be talking nutrition with my next guest, um, Bilal Gohar. We're also going to be finding out about um, iftaris across the country. Um, the, the Ramadan tent was one of the first ever open iftaris that happened and was launched a number of years ago. Mashallah, it's growing, getting bigger and um, stronger each year. And I'll be speaking to um, a participant in that iftar that's part of that iftar that's actually created an installation uh, which has been featured at the Iftari, and his name is uh, Abror Hadri. He will be joining me um, after 11.35. Um, also going to be joined by another fantastic guest. She's been a, a regular on the Ramadan uh, shows. It is no other than Nadia Hussein. She's a te- television presenter and uh, she is also a producer and a mum to a little one. So I'm looking forward to speaking to her and finding out what it's like having a toddler um, in Ramadan. Um, I remember those days. They weren't tough, but it'd be nice to hear from her, mashallah. She's also featured with her husband on uh, British Muslim TV's um, Ramadan uh, broadcast. So iftari broadcast, post-iftari, I think. No, before. She'll tell us. She'll t- she'll get it right for me when she joins the show, inshallah. So we've got lots of guests going to keep yourself and myself entertained throughout the two hours um, of the show. We're all head- well, it's actually one and a half hour. The first hour is gone. If you want to catch any of the conversations, then what you need to do is you can catch the repeat at 8pm this evening. We are on the app. We're also Facebook Live. However, there's no images being projected. It's just... Uh, sound and you can leave some comments on the comment section there plus we're iTunes and Spotify so there's no getting away from us on today's show I'm also asking my guests about their Ramadan goals what is it that they would hope to achieve and change for the better and inshallah um, I will be uh, also asking this question to you guys as well now if you've made any changes or you've seen a change in yourself then please do share this with us on 0777948 Now, um, on the show today, I'm also um, announcing the big Iftar Luton. Yes, it's happening Friday, 17th of May at St. George's Square from 7pm. Now, you can book your tickets on Eventbrite, which is um, Big Iftar Luton. Now, um, so... It's going to be released at 12 p.m. if you want to grab some tickets to attend this. Now, this is going in conjunction with a national event. It's the National Iftar Day launched by UK radio stations across the country. So we're doing our bit as part of the Big Iftar in Luton. Now, the Big Iftar in Luton has been a very successful 
annual event we've had yearly in St. George's Square, which is like the heart of the town centre of Luton. It's open to everybody. Do come, do join, bring your friends, bring your neighbours and participate in this wonderful event of bringing communities together. You need to go on to Big Iftar Luton on Eventbrite. Um, we go to our Facebook page, go on to our website, inshallah, and you can catch all the information there. This is going to go um, hand in hand with this exciting event which is happening with radio stations across the country the national iftar day launched by uk radio stations so it's going to be happening alongside that we're also going to be um going to be mentioning that there is inspire eve which is happening on the 4th and 5th of june pending on the moon sighting at lucy park luton now folks all rides and activities are one pound and some even free so how awesome is that how fantastic is that it's all happening um, across Luton. Iftar events not to be missed as well as the Eid event, inshallah, as well. Now, talking about Iftar events, um, it, it uh, brings me nicely to my next guest to get some nutritional advice because... As you know, it's all about refraining from food, food that's slightly unhealthy. But how do you manage to do that? It's always good to get a little bit of support. And in order to do that, I'm absolutely delighted to be joined by somebody who's a little bit of an expert on this. It's no other than fitness expert and and providing some nutritional advice. It's personal trainer Bilal Gohar. Assalamu alaikum, Bilal. Brother, I'm very well. Thank you so very much for joining us on the Urban Cube this morning. You are live and um, tell us, where are you calling us from this morning? I'm calling from London, Wembley. London, Wembley. Wonderful. (laughs) Mashallah, mashallah. Um, And firstly, I also want to say Ramadan, Kareem Mubarak to you. How has this week been for you? Alhamdulillah, it's been really well, thank you. I'm actually really enjoying it. Um, it's actually been one of my um, best Ramadan so far, actually. That's beautiful to hear. And may it continue to be like that. And I'm hearing this from everybody, that it's been a wonderful Ramadan. Why do you think people have been so positive, um, more so maybe this year than last year, considering how long the uh, the fasts are? I think, um, personally speaking, I see people's knowledge increasing. And uh-huh. I think as we're um, going on, that our knowledge is gaining in Islam as well as um, life around us, and we're adapting a lot better. You know what? I would definitely agree with you on that. There seems to be a lot more really clear information that people are able to access on so many different platforms, be that originally it used to be the radio, like Radio Ramadan, <laughs> and now it's social media. Do you remember the days when you, I mean, did you ever listen to radio across Ramadan whilst growing up? I did, actually. Um, it was very, very hard to understand. Um, I'm from an Asian background, but mm-hmm. um, we don't really speak much Urdu at home. Okay. So um, we did have, I think it was Sunrise Radio. Ah. <laughs> and um, I didn't really understand what was going on. And I still, to be honest, don't. We don't listen to it anymore, alhamdulillah. But um, it was very, it made the feeling a lot more different. And okay. when my mum turned it on, for example, we weren't really too thrilled to have it. <laughs> but she said, you I need to I... listen because it's part of the routine. It's part of tradition. It's, a, it's like a Ramadan exactly. tradition to listen exactly. to radio, like Muslim radio. Exactly. And I think it was only on for a select period of time, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Yeah. 
just a month <laughs> just a month yeah, literally wow wow so have things changed for the, for you now are you listening to more radio possibly like you can say yes even though you're not just for radio's <laughs> sake um uh, yes. <laughs> and and because it's in english has that made it easier for your generation i think it's made it a lot easier for our generation um we've got a lot like you were saying we've got a lot more access to knowledge whether it be through internet mm-hmm. um it's, social media is huge nowadays as you know and um so many people are doing so many things for it and it's not just muslims which mm. is really nice to see as well mm-hmm. um so it's not just people like myself that are doing things in the fitness industry other people who are in fitness are also catering for muslims too whether it be prolonged um hours for the gym mm-hmm. whether it be specific diet plans or uh, things to help people just 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 for the specific month which is really really good to see. Wow, I haven't heard that before. So that's exciting news, the fact that the actual health and fitness industry is adapting to their clientele across Ramadan. Definitely. Now that's Definitely. wonderful. That's really exciting to hear. Um now we've just mentioned social media and you have a presence in social media as um what could I call you an influencer? Um yeah, I meant do you know, uh, to be honest I've just come back on it again um okay. it, I took a break for a while but um I have been working this year with Salam charity because mm-hmm. my background is actually um it, before I was actually a personal trainer or a fitness instructor I was actually did my degree in human nutrition wonderful so you're like a so, proper person to go to because you're qualified <laughs> in it <laughs> alhamdulillah I, I like wow. to wow so. <laughs> so what was what was the drive to actually do a degree in human nutrition you'd think that's just like you know common sense people know how to like eat what's good and what's bad simple you would you would think so but mm-hmm. believe it or not even living in london i mean um in central london the mm-hmm. people the amount of things that uh, people come up with is really shocking to this day um i had i think there was another interview the other day and it was actually with one of my friends and he was saying people's knowledge is increasing in nutrition and that might be true for a lot of people but mm-hmm. then there's people that you know you, um you'd see every single day and they will have no clue the, between the difference of um for example i think this is the worst question i ever had was um i think someone came up to me and said oh i have scrambled eggs is that better than fried eggs and i said okay so how do you make your scrambled eggs they say i put in this much amount of oil and i said okay so how much do you put in your fried eggs and they said the exact same thing but just because they're scrambling or stirring the eggs they assume it's some a different a different method or a healthier method wow of the name <laughs> wow wow you know what i shouldn't laugh i shouldn't but that that is just like that is that's that's a meme that is a meme that needs to go around but mashallah so there is there are there are there is a method to everything um and a method that you are obviously trained in and um but what drove you to actually spend 3 years studying nutrition Sorry. is this because like you know is this because you didn't you wanted to be a doctor but then you didn't get the grades and you thought you do I'm I'm being silly now I'm being silly No 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 it's funny uh because I actually didn't know what I I didn't have a clue what I wanted to do at all mm-hmm. I used to, I started the gym early about 16 mm-hmm. I've always been interested in health mm-hmm. and I thought how can I maximize my potential what can I do that's different than the rest mm-hmm. and um don't get me wrong a lot of people say they they have this nutrition course that they do for example with a reps or something or I actually thought you know what I want to get a degree in this. I want to know more about mm. food. I want to know what we're consuming. Mm-hmm. Um and one thing that I'm doing further now is that I'm learning more about prophetic food too. So what I'm trying to say 
is that um, food is really important for our body, and mm-hmm. what we consume really, really um, either benefits the body mm-hmm. or takes away from it. Mm-hmm. So, um, in essence, what I'm trying to say, the reason I did it is I think food is a vital source for being a Muslim, essentially. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's really important. What, what, what we consume in Ramadan, and this is one reason I brought out the plan, mm-hmm. is that it can, re- it can really, how can I say this, help our worship or mm-hmm. make it worse. You know, for example, have you ever opened your iftar and just feel bloated? Of course. It could be so much easier. You could just feel not bloated, for example. You could mm-hmm. eat less. Mm-hmm. It's just a simple thing is that you could not have fried food and mm. you could go to the masjid and actually want to go rather than, oh, I don't feel like going today. It's going to be so long. I feel sick. And then the worst thing is, you know, when you're standing up for tarawih and that person next to you has got that really horrible burp. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all know. I shouldn't laugh. I really shouldn't. I've seen the memes on social media of the burps and everything else. But you've raised such a fantastic point, though, because if you adopt, adapt your eating habits, they can regenerate more energy that will enable you to commit to your prayers straight after. It's the foods that are quite, you know, heavy, make you lethargic, give you fatigue, and then that disrupts your praying pattern as well. Hundred percent. And my intention behind this plan is so I'm actually giving out this plan out completely for free. I don't think knowledge Mashallah. or um, knowledge or the ability to to know what can help improve mm. our ibadah during this month should mm-hmm. be charged for. Personally, I think it should be for free for everyone, just so we, inshallah, we can help each other mm-hmm. become better Muslims, but also most importantly, we get the most out of this month through our ibadah, so worship essentially. And I really, I really admire what you're doing because it, you know, I've heard people talk about nutrition, but I've not really heard them um, nutrition across Ramadan, but not, and, but they've not really linked it with prayer. Um, so this is really, really brilliant news. And so, how can people access this uh, nutritional plan that you have created? Now, um, Bilal, I hope you don't mind me saying. I know that you are qualified. You've got a degree in health and nutrition, and you are uh, a very well-respected nutritional uh, advisor. But, folks, if you are listening in, please do take medical advice and in any change of uh, you know uh, your diet tree plans it you know if you ask if you have a medical issue then you do need to get medical advice is that correct Bilal that's correct that's correct in saying that there's certain conditions um what okay I don't think the people know the difference between a nutritionist and a dietitian of course please Um, explain a a nutritionist is someone you go to for prevention and unfortunately in the UK this is why I'm not actually specifically working in a field in nutrition in the NHS right now Mm -hmm. is because there's not many jobs in prevention Mm -hmm. that's and we're one of the fastest growing countries for obesity in the world. So it is a huge problem, and especially within the Muslim community. The South Asian community, the Arab community, and the Caribbean community are very, very high. Um, we've got high rates of coronary heart disease. We've got high rates of diabetes, specifically within our community. And it's because of our food. Right. So, um, again, nutrition is someone you come to prevention, and they're not really putting much money in for prevent- prevention. They're giving it all for dietitians who you go and see when you've actually got the problem, which, mm. is, a, which is a problem within itself. This, this doesn't make so, sense. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's what I thought when I got my degree. 
wow, wow. So, you know, it just make there would be so much saving for the NHS if we educated people about nutrition. Um, and invested, and then we'd be investing less in dietitians. So thank you for actually clearing that up because I didn't really know the difference. So now I do. So nutrition is about prevent. Diet, dietitians are those that kind of help you with your diet after. Um, exactly. So, so Bilal, um, how can people access this awesome plan of yours? Of course. So at the moment we're doing uh, Islam. Uh, sorry, Islam charity. Salam charity and I. We've teamed up together, and we are. Um, it's all been linked back to me because I thought, you know what, if, they ha- if anyone has any questions, I want to try and help as many people mm-hmm. as possible. So send it back to my social media, which is at Bilal Fitfast UK. Mm-hmm. So I'm uh, um, with a team, or rather it's just me, um, myself, and my business partner. We have a company called Fitfast UK, and it deals with nutrition queries, uh, personal training, and uh, we're on Instagram. So it's at Bilal Fitfast UK, and you can, even if you at, Salam Charity UK, I think it is. Mm-hmm. You can ask them and they'll forward you to me as well. And alhamdulillah, we're doing a thing where um, I've, I've actually had a really good role with them. I've spoken to the, um, the guy at the charity and he's kind of let me take lead on it. They've, um, they've helped me more with like um, making the plan look visually good. Okay. Content is all mine, alhamdulillah. But they've also, like, a lot of people were charging for this. With me, I said I want to keep like, if there is a donation policy, I want to keep it optional. Mm-hmm. I don't want to charge for anything. If someone feels like donating, then mm-hmm. alhamdulillah. If not, no problem. We want to get this out to the masses, inshallah. Mashallah. So what can we expect on this plan? What are you hoping to achieve from this plan that you're giving away to listeners, inshallah, for free? Inshallah. Well, um, I'm gonna, again, the most, my intention behind this plan is by helping people um, maximize the ibadah mm-hmm. during this month through nutrition. But um, in the plan, what we have is different sections. First of all, um, I'm just going to go through the sections with you. Okay. So we have, wh- why do we fast? Mm-hmm. So I think it's always good to know the, the previous history of why we fast. It's, a lot of people don't know. A lot of younger Muslims especially think they know, but they don't really know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, even some of the older ones, actually. you know, Just because we're uh, a certain age doesn't mean that we always know what we're, what we're doing certain things. Sometimes of course. Unfortunately, follow. And then I've also got a small section called fasting and science. You know, what the benefits of fasting as well. You know, if you ask a person why we fast, oh, it's to feel like the poor. Well, essentially, it's not really just to feel like the poor, is it? Um, no. Then we've got, sorry. No, I thought that was a question to me and I was supposed to answer. But yeah, and you know, you mentioned about fasting and science. Mashallah, globally, it's now been recognized. It's been applauded that, the, you know, that how it benefits our immune system and the fact that this is becoming meg- medically recognized, which is it's, it's wonderful. Um, so that's two things, two sections. What else can we expect? Um, so... Again, then I've also put in um, the nutritional food plan, which mm-hmm. I think is, it's not exact precise, but because, again, this is aimed at masses, mm-hmm. I can't be putting in, of course. You know, have 100 grams of this, mm. 150 grams of that. It's a vague um, idea of what you should be eating with why you should be eating it, uh-huh. what these foods are good for, mm-hmm. and um, also what times this food should be having the foods as well. For example, when you open the fast, obviously the sunnah is, dates why do we need dates for example it's because the body is lacking sugar you know you get mm-hmm. rid of your sugar through mm-hmm. um, your activity during the day 
and it's a long day so you'll probably be releasing sugar through your sweat through loss of water and you need it instantly so dates for example 80 percent sugar and are almost like an instant insulin spike but a healthy sugar so it's a sunnah for a reason the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam or um and allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made these foods and were mentioned in the quran for a reason and there's a reason why we incorporate them in our diet especially during this early month Wow, you know, you've got you really are covering a broad range of things, which is making this very informative, very educational, and um, full of full of um, advice as well and guidance. And um, and I really like the fact that you're timing certain foods which are better um, for sahur and better for iftari. And the whole purpose is to make it support. Um, Muslims really with their ibadat, with their ibadat, so it makes them full of energy, so they've got the energy to go and pray, which I think is just so uh, is applaudable, mashallah. Now, are there any pakori and samosa and brante in there anywhere, Bilal? I knew I knew this question was coming. Um, unfortunately, not. <laughs> I don't recommend it. I meant, do you know what? I've actually had a few questions recently. One of them being, um, I don't want to upset my mum. <laughs> or I don't want to upset my indoors, for example. What Less. can I do to go around this? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, brother, I'm really sorry to say this, but try and avoid them. I'm yeah. obviously, if you can't, and if it's, you know, if you're going to hurt someone's feelings, have a little bit. But please don't fit. The worst thing you can do is open up your stomach with a fried, you know, samosa mm. or pakora wow. or parata. It's it's adding. Imagine oil <laughs> going straight into um to the acid into your stomach acid in our stomachs there for a reason but when you mix oil with it it's just going to be floating around <laughs> wow and and then that gives you like tummy problems and it help it Gastric makes you bloat issues. and then you've got the person stood next to you that you don't really want to stand when you um, in drawery because obviously yeah I'm not going to go into that. You know the story. We've seen the memes. Um, brother, you know what? It's been an absolute pleasure listening to you. Uh, folks, if you've just tuned in, you're listening to The Urban Cube. It's 10.53 and I'm joined by no other than Bilal Gohar. Uh, have I said your surname properly? Gohar? That's perfect. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I wanted to say that properly. He's a personal trainer and a he's a nutritionist as well, giving us some great advice on this free nutrition plan that he has um, available for you guys for free to help you not just get good nutritional advice, but some great tips and advice as well to help you with um, your ibada as well. Now, um, Bilal, are we, as I said, we're heading off to a break, but I have two questions to ask you. What are you hoping you will achieve in this Ramadan? And secondly, how can people access this uh, wonderful free guide that you've provided? Of course. So achieving, I want to help as many people as possible. That is my aim. And inshallah, we can help each other. And that is the main thing. I want to help people maximize their ibadah, their worship during this holy month, inshallah. That is my main intention. And to help as many, many people as possible. And the way they can access this plan is on my Instagram. And that is at Bilal Fitfast UK. And I'm working with um, Salam Charity. So it's a new, um, I believe they're a relatively new charity. And I, and I love working with them. And it's at Salam Charity UK. So either way through those, you should be able to access me, inshallah. Fantastic. Well, from all of us on the Urban Cube Show and Inspire FM, we wish you a wonderful Ramadan. And um, I'm and I'm sure lots of people will be very looking forward to getting this wonderful nutritional, free nutritional advice as well. Jazakallah. Thank you so much for having me. You're very, very welcome. 
Walaikum salam. That was Brother Bilal Gohar um, from Fast Fit UK talking to us about his very interesting nutritional guide which he's providing for free now folks we're heading off to another break after the break we're going to be talking art yep we're talking about art um at an open iftar it's the ramadan open iftar that had a wonderful beautiful installation of uh, ribbons that had uh, each ribbon had an ayat from the quran above the heads of all those that were opening their fasts we're going to be finding out who the person behind this beautiful installation was. It's no other than Abror Hadri. He's a creative director and he'll be joining me straight after this break, inshallah. And we'll be finding out a lot more about this open iftar. Assalamu alaikum. You're listening to an Inspire FM podcast, making available our popular programs from our daily broadcast on Inspire FM. Assalamu alaikum and good morning. It is Shamiza taking you all the way up to uh, 12 o'clock on Where Else is the Urban Cube. The time is 11 o'clock exactly. It's Monday 13th of May. I hope you've had a fantastic weekend and having a wonderful start to the week wherever you're listening in from, be that at home, at work, travelling or revising. We're sending massive big du'as and salams to all the children that are actually sitting exams or revising for them. It's going to be quite a, a testing couple of weeks for a lot of children and I just want to say from us if you're listening to us uh, on the repeat of the show, which will be at 8pm, uh, inshallah, is, you know, these exams are important, but they're not everything, okay? So don't just relax, enjoy, try your very, very best, inshallah, to, and I'm sure you'll do very, very well. My own son um, is going to be sitting his GCSEs tomorrow, so I'm trying to keep quite cool and quite calm for him. I think if you're a calm parent, then it does sort of rub off um, on your child too. Shabina Begum, our guest earlier on in the show, who is a multi-award winning human activist, solicitor, and featured in in the um, a wonderful exhibition celebrating 100 years of women in the legal profession. Now, she said something when I asked her about how do you remain so calm, cool, collected? Because she's always smiling. And she talked, to, she was told that if she is nervous and actually keep those nerves, instill them internally rather than project them externally, um, because when she does that, it enables her clients when she's actually sitting uh, a case for them. It keeps them calm as well. So I try and do that. Um, and more so after listening to Shabina, I'm going to really, really take that on board. Now, Shabina wasn't the only guest on the show. We we're also joined by the very um, inspiring Bilal Goha, who is a nutritionalist. Now, he ha- is also a personal trainer. He's got a degree in um, nutrition and he has been using his, adv- uh, his education, his training by creating a uh, plan, a nutritional plan for Ramadan, a free plan that he is giving away um, to educate and support um, us throughout Ramadan because he is measuring this with the fact that if it's good healthy eating will enable you to have more successful ibadat. And what he's trying to say there is the fact that if you eat heavy 
oily food it will give you fatigue then if you have fatigue you won't have energy you'll get tired and you won't be able to kind of like withstand the the length of the prayers at Dravri I can't even say Dravri properly I've always struggled to say that word properly but you know what I mean inshallah so which I think is really good sound advice and this is um, available at uh, Fit fast uk on his instagram he is also a personal trainer and he's always open to you guys connecting with him to find out um any um if you to answer any queries regarding health and fitness as always on each of the ramadan shows that we have please get medical advice before attempting anything that dramatically changes your eating plan because um, medical certain medical conditions um, require a certain uh, level of, of eating and so I would highly recommend that you get professional advice. The people that I speak to are giving you their opinion. Um, it's entirely uh, up to you whether you take it or not but if you do have a medical condition you need to need to get medical advice prior. Now, on the show today, we're also talking about open iftars. We have a the big iftar happening in Luton on Friday. It's an event at St. George's Square where we, we are inviting, we are inviting the general public, the community of Luton to come together and share um, an iftar to break fast with the Muslim community. Now, this is coinciding with another fantastic event, which is the National Iftar Day, which is happening across seven different towns with 17, well, not seven, but 17 different towns with 17 different radio stations who are encouraging, inviting the local community and their neighbours to come together and break fast together. This is the first time this is happening um, across the country. It's a very exciting event. And what uh, Fessel Sultani, the man behind this very, very exciting event, is asking folk to do is to hashtag National Iftar Day. Let's make this viral. National Iftar Day. If you're attending, participating across the country or locally in Luton on St. George's Square, take a selfie at the Iftar. Hashtag it National Iftar Day and make the world see that we uh, Muslims in the community across Luton and across the country are actually celebrating and, and, and providing um, community with uh, across Ramadan, mashallah, mashallah, exciting stuff. Now, this is not the only iftar that has made news across the country. The first ever open iftar um, I ever heard of was part of the Ramadan tent. Do you remember that story? It must have been a good seven years ago when I had the absolute pleasure of talking to Omar Salha, who the the man behind the first ever open iftar um, in London, which mashallah has grown bigger and better every year. And it has inspired many other iftars across the country. And they're not slowing down. They're getting bigger and better. 
mashallah. And um, I've had the pleasure of attending a uh, Ramadan tent uh, open iftar as a speaker, which was an absolute honor. I was absolutely honored to do that. And they bec- they're so innovative and so inspiring. The speakers are so really, really cool. I mean, I'm humbled. I felt a little bit of a fraud. What am I doing at this event speaking? But it was about environmentalism. It was all about making sure that um, we understand the importance of kind of wasting and wanting but not wasting and also about ethical living. Now, ethical living is something we've been really, really trying to support on the show, but also making people aware of the uh, of having a plastic-free Ramadan. And it's been tremendous to see the number of masjids across the country that are actually doing a plastic-free policy. Central Mosque in Birmingham, I read somewhere that they are actually encouraging people to use less plastic. And also York Mosque is actually encouraging people to use less plastic as well. How absolutely fantastic is that? Now, the question I ask you guys is, if you're wherever you're listening from, is your local masjid doing the same? Are they having a plastic-free event, um, you know, when it comes to the open iftars. Would love to find out from you. We're also asking about Ramadan goals. And um, what are your Ramadan goals? I'm going to ask this every show that I'm going to do. I'd love to get to hear what you have to say. And it really does inspire me. In order to do that, you need to go on to, uh, you need to WhatsApp us on 07779481822. On the theme of uh, open iftars and um, being and making them innovative and exciting, I um, I was super super in awe with the actual creativity that the Ramadan tent open iftar had uh, showcased. It was an immersive installation of ribbons with ayats of the Quran on individual strips of material which were floating on uh, in the breeze above the heads of all the participants sat breaking their fast mashallah now it was such a beautiful sight and um and I was not surprised when I actually heard who was behind this innovative idea. And I'm really, really delighted to have um, his him join the show, not the first time, but the second time uh, on this morning. It is no other than a creative director and um, also the founder of uh, the very exciting AWMA is no other than Abrar Hadri. Assalamu alaikum, brother Abrar. I'm very well, brother. How are you this morning? Good, 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 good. Alhamdulillah. All the better for hearing you again. Thank you so much. Because like, uh, not that long ago, we, we, we were there in Luton. So. Mashallah, it's always a pleasure, brother. But you're on your own this time because you came down with like the team from AWMA and we still haven't worked out which one you are. Uh, we're still trying to work that one out as well, yeah. Um, it depends on which day you ask us, and today we're not we're not sure. So yeah. Bless you. So this is the, um, you, you're one of the co-founders of this very exciting creative organisation, and you, since speaking to you last, you did the most tremendous installation, um, which was a minar with a soundscape um, inside it. And that ha- had created such an interest across the country. And it hasn't stopped there, has it? You've been so innovative with your team doing the most remarkable, creative sculptures and, and ideas with an Islamic theme to it. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's right. We've, we've um, the Minaret uh, for London Design Festival was our first kind of collective project, which was just um, just under two years ago now, I believe. Um, and since then, we've we've kind of tried to um, maintain that narrative, mm -hmm. which, which was the, the the idea of telling our stories through art and architecture in in experimental sort of ways. Um, so the most recent one is the one that you described is uh, the collaboration with the Ramadan 10 project, which is a project we, we really, really love. And it's um, as uh, attendees of the last um, four or five years ourselves, we were we were delighted when they when they when they got in touch uh, earlier this year to to get involved. So yeah, we've yeah we've done a few different projects over over that period and and just you know with with your duas and with everyone else's support and encouragement, we're we're kind of still at it so to speak, but underlying. See what makes this so exciting is you're very innovative. Now I follow lots of art and creativity. And I love Islamic art, but I always find that um, we, you know, it needs to be pushed a little bit more. Mm. Um, people need to kind of, you know, experiment a little bit more. But you guys are, you're still very, you, you still embrace the traditional elements, but you're able to fuse it with contemporary ideas which i find is so exciting to see and very very innovative um and this project at the ramadan tent was you know what you have to see it to believe it it's beautiful can you in your own words share with the listeners exactly what that is because we don't have any images up we will share this on our facebook um page inshallah <laughs> but tell us what it is uh, exactly that you created Sure, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll do my best. I'm, um, it's, it's difficult to describe the visual sometimes. Um, as I say, a picture is worth a, a thousand words. Um, in this instance, uh, it would be 6,236 verses, which is, uh, we found out, is the amount of verses that the Quran has. Now, uh, it being Ramadan, uh, our kind of concept um, for the open iftar was um, around the, the idea that the, the Quran was revealed to the, the Prophet during the month of Ramadan, and and as we know, um, the, the Quran is is critical in Ramadan for mm -hmm. the tarawih prayers and and general readings of it. So that was our kind of reference uh, in terms of the concept. So we then devised a kind of a way of of, of Bringing that to kind of really, yeah, maybe as you said, try to be a bit innovative with it in terms of in terms of how to explore that in a contemporary mm, way, and mm. um, at the same time referencing kind of our um, strong kind of uh, you know Islamic connection, uh, heritage, yeah, heritage for sure. Um, so the tent is um, for for those who may have not seen it or been before, um, it's a it's a marquee, uh, you know, these open kind of clear span marquee usually finding out weddings or <clears throat> events um, and it kind of goes up in a, in a it goes up in a central London park um, and it's you know it's, it's a pretty nice tent but the experience as a whole is, is pretty amazing people people come from all walks of life to break fast so our kind of brief was to how do we enhance that experience mm. uh, and I think anytime you have to anything as Muslims uh, it always gonna, it's always going to elevate the, the, the that experience. So our kind of device, our kind of so based on all those things, we 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 went about kind of thinking, okay, how do we 
how do we express? Because there's several verses in the Quran where Allah says He sent down the Quran. You know, He revealed it down, and you know, it it's descended. Um, so, based on the kind of based on that, we we looked at the tenth structure and then just created literally all the verses individually. They are suspended and they float like they look like they're floating mm. above the the attendees. Um, all 6,336 of them. Once once we actually started doing the math, and it was like, actually, this is quite bonkers, because we had to artwork them, i.e. get the, the files sort of designed, ready for print. Then we had to print them, because no one could print individual, because in, in terms of the, the, the materiality, we've worked with metal, hubs of metal, we've worked with wood, we've worked with concrete, we've worked with, you know, all other materials. We hadn't worked with um, ribbon, and, and ribbon was the most kind of, practical thing for this it had to be of light course, yeah it had to be kind of like that you know that kind of that it had to be a bit, a bit special as well um so the printing process uh, none of the r- regular pr- ribbon printers could handle a project like this so then we had to get like three or four you know so the whole process was 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 was, was pretty pretty intense but the, yeah the, i don't know if i've described the visuals uh, that well so the whole tent is covered with the ribbons um, literally like a floating, floating sea of verses, and each verse is inscribed on it. Um, and when you walk in, it's just above average height, so okay. it's just like just on yeah, two meters. Um, so you kind of it's a it's a very it's very immersive, uh, you know, um, but it's not intrusive. Okay. Uh, so that's the general experience. Uh, hopefully, inshallah, with the pictures. In, um, might make a bit more sense as well, but I hope that I hope that explains it better. And <clears throat> the ribbons are like silk, and they're light green. And the writing, yeah. the verses. Now you've said six that oh six thousand over six thousand two hundred thirty six yeah two hundred yeah. and thirty six verses on each. These are the number of ribbons that are actually yeah. hung down at this tent. When who came up with this idea? I mean, I sh- I'm politely, I'm going to politely say this. You'd think like, wow, how is this actually going to happen? How is this actually going to work? Did you ever have a moment thinking we're not going to be able to do this? We had lots of moments of thinking this is not going to happen, uh, and and yeah, I think the initial idea was for it to just be um, just the ribbons so that they metaphorically represent the verses. Right. Yeah. Um, but you're not going to do that because well, I know how no, you guys work. You know what? You you yeah. have to go to the edge of every idea. And this is what makes your work remarkable. The fact is that that's where the innovation mm. comes into it, that you will you'll take on the challenge and you'll and you'll make it work. Mashallah. So when you saw it, what was up? What was your initial mm. response? So. Yeah, but the challenge, the challenge is actually still continuing in many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and and that during the process, there's you know, several times where you you it was easy to kind of just say, okay, let's just sort of let's just leave it where where, it, where it's at. But um, in terms of and even even uh, you know we didn't have a lot of good initial reaction. Um, from people that had seen it from, you know, all sides really, because it just was hard to kind of explain, um, you know. Um, but when we first saw it, because um, the way it worked was that we, 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 
it's done in stages, just like the Quran is revealed in stages, mm-hmm. we know, mm-hmm. over the, over the 23, 23 years that it was, uh, it was kind of revealed to the Prophet. So, then, um, so it was like, that, that kind of worked quite nicely because we, we had to do it in stages as well. Um, so the first, if you like, when we put up the first cluster, let's say, you know, the first 300 or so verses, enough to kind of like cover you, um, then it was like, okay, this is going to look, this is going to look how we sort of imagined it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it was just like, okay, 300 down, um, you know, 6,000, whatever, you know, to go. Um, so, but yeah, alhamdulillah, as, as, as the marquee getting, kept getting fuller and fuller, you really got that sense of the awe. The, so the whole room is literally filled with the Quran. And, and I think that, that, after all of that, it was worth it, and 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 seeing how people are interacting with it. As I said, the experience is amazing. The fly is amazing. Um, <clears throat> you know, it gets it gets somewhere between two fifty and four hundred people a night, and half of those have never been before. Of course. Um, so that's all very like wow. Um, as I said, we 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 attend it just as one of the highlights of our Ramadan as a team. Um, something a bit different. Um, so when adding this to it and really really having that kind of like that added experience and it becomes, you know, like, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's a piece of art, but it's, it's more than that. It's, it's about, it's about, um, you know, it's about what, what, what the Quran and what Ramadan means to us and done in a way which, which is, which are, as you said, kind of, we try, you know, in, in, to be innovative and creative with it and make it relevant for mm-hmm. today. Really. And it really is relevant. It's utterly magnificent. And I'm super looking forward to actually attending um, an event at the Ramadan tent. Tell us where the Ramadan tent event happened. And you mentioned that you have a number of people that attend it um, each each day, really. New people come and attend it. What what can people expect at the Ramadan tent, iftar, open iftar? And are you there every single evening? Uh, no, you'll be glad to hear I'm not there every single evening. So, uh, yeah. Uh, but in terms of the location, it's, um, it's in Tavistock Square mm-hmm. Garden, mm-hmm. which is in the Bloomsbury area of London. Uh, so it's not, not far from... Russell Square Station and Euston Station. Um, it's an open garden, uh, so open for, for public park. Um, and um, typically the evening kind of starts about an hour before Margaret Days would open the doors. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where kind of the, the attendees will start entering. And you just sort of sit down and just get to know the people next to you, really. Mm. Um, as, as that kind of... Um, as that kind of continues, uh, they have a, they have a few speakers. Sometimes one speaker, sometimes two, one before and one after Maghrib, depending on on who they who they have. Um, then Maghrib, you know, they break break their fast and there's a break for salah, and then kind of come back to sort of have the rest of the food and and enjoy the talk. So it is it's in Tavistock Square. Um, it would it previously was always. On a on a SOAS ground because mm. it's sponsored by SOAS university students, um, but they moved this year uh, there, which is a bigger 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 space. Uh, but for the first three weeks of Ramadan, they're going to be in this place. And then last week, um, I can't give away too much because um, it's all very exciting, uh, but it will be revealed soon. In the last week, they're going to be in special one-off occasion uh, locations rather. 
so that should be really exciting. So the market, the open file experience is moving around other parts mm. of London. Which is wonderful. Uh, yeah, which is, which is great. Now, um, I'm, I'm super intrigued. Now, if you're saying it's going to be really special, the final week then it's definitely going to be something because you know what you guys when you come up with stuff it's always like I'm always in awe of the creativity now I want to ask um, this installation of um, over 6,000 verses of the Quran mashallah where else can people get to see this will it only stay in the Ramadan tent and can you only see it one hour before before iftari um, I mean, you can you can you can you can get there before it uh, mm-hmm. during the day. Uh, usually, the volunteers or um, uh, the volunteers who help set up the, the, the you know the, the event usually arrive there from four or five o'clock. So you can go and check it out before in your own time, because um, you know without having to um, yeah just in, in your own in your own time. But in terms of in terms of anywhere beyond London at the moment, there are no plans. Mm-hmm. Uh, however. Um, and what we what we're looking to do that like a lot of our sort of projects really is they are designed um you know bespokely for whichever commission whichever event whichever kind of concert whichever sort of space however within 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 the design there's always an intention to to give it another sort of you know continue its kind of life so to speak mm-hmm. and give it another home uh, so that the impact and the benefit is felt. So it's the same with the hub. Uh, that was a, a nine, you know, a nine-day festival. Um, but Alhamdulillah, it now is in London Central Mosque. So, oh, mashallah. Uh, you know, so other people get to sort of benefit. That's in the courtyard. Mm. So with this, with the with the revelation, which is what what we're calling the piece, uh, we are look we 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 are looking to, you know, yeah, give it give it a home. So whether that's whether that's the whole, um, you know, the whole Quran, or whether that's the juz, i.e., the, the thirty sections, the Quran's in, or you know, it, it could, yeah. So if anyone, if anyone knows any, any people that have the space um, that would want to kind of accommodate, maybe it can travel. Um, we are doing a mobile version, actually. Um, Fantastic. Again, I can't go into too much detail. The smaller version, which we hope can that could that could easily. I could travel travel a bit easier than the four. Wow, wow! Uh, but yeah, uh, more information to come as as we as we kind of work it out. Inshallah. Now, brother, we the with the, yeah. We're heading off to a break, but if people want to get in contact with you, if they have the space, we've got about thirty three seconds. How can they get in contact with you? Okay, so if you go to our website uh, www.awma.co, there'll be a contact information uh, or again via any social media channels uh, awma.co or um, or underscore dot co on twitter fantastic and i will reveal that information straight after the break again for our listeners thank you so very much brother and uh, ramadan mubarak thank you for joining us thank you Assalamu alaikum. That is Brother Abroar. I'm heading off to a break, and after the break, we'll be joined by Nadia Hussein. So don't go away. Come back straight after this. Assalamu On 105.1 FM, Inspire FM. Good morning, good morning, good morning, and assalamu alaikum. It is 11.30, Monday, 13th of May, and you're listening to Misha Miser taking you all the way up to the final half an hour of the Urban Cube show, which is beaming out to the lovely people of Luton Strounding areas, Peterborough and Sheffield this morning. Assalamu alaikum um, to you, wherever you're listening in from, and I hope you are well and... Um, 
Mashallah, it is uh, one week into Ramadan. It's gone by very, very quickly. One week. We're not at the door now. We're actually entered into Ramadan, Mashallah. And uh, an absolute pleasure it has been so far. And it's been wonderful listening into all my guests this morning who've been super, super positive and so energetic. whilst fasting and joining me on the show this morning. Now, earlier on, I had the pleasure of speaking to no other than Shabina Begum. Shabina is a multi-award winning human rights activist who is recognised for her work, not just across England, but internationally as well. She's also a solicitor who's been featured in the 100 campaign, uh, a photographic exhibition celebrating 100 years of women in the legal profession. And as a young Muslim woman, she has been featured in this which was absolutely wonderful to uh, hear of and to talk to her about as well now we were also talked to the very fabulous Bilal Gohar who is talking to us about nutrition and he spoke of giving away a free nutritional plan with lots of great advice and tips for um, you guys to access on here you can go onto his Instagram page which is fist fit Fast UK um, uh, to access this free nutritional plan. He is a personal trainer and a qualified, he has a degree qualified in um, nutrition. And it was interesting because he mentioned the difference between nutrition and diet and dietitian, um, which I wasn't aware of. So I learned something quite interesting from him. And the interesting thing here is the fact that he spoke about not just eating healthy, but also eating food that doesn't give you fatigue, um, which then doesn't create um, a tiredness when you want to go and pray um, after you've opened your fast, which was very interesting to hear as well, because I never connected the two. Um, but him being qualified in the field of uh, healthy eating and nutrition, he was able to mention that. But as always on the show, we have a disclaimer. Please make sure that you have any medical conditions that you actually speak to a medical profession uh, professional prior to uh, following any type of dietary plan, inshallah. Also had the pleasure of speaking to another remarkable guest who's made um, his mark in uh, uh, art, um, but Islamic inspired art. It was no other than the very talented Arbor Hadri, who's the creative director and co-founder of AWMA. Now, he has created an installation, an immersive installation with over 6,236 um, surahs of the Quran, just ayahs from the Quran revealed, and they have been written the verses have been written on strips of ribbon which are hanging in this um, tent as part of the Ramadan tent the open iftar the open iftar that has been running for many years mashallah which has driven national open iftars because it was the first of its kind now it's the open iftar the Ramadan tent open iftar is actually is at Tavistock square in london and it's open to all um if you'd like to 
uh, find out how, because we spoke, I spoke to him about uh, what happens after this installation, um, what happens to all these beautiful verses of the Quran that have been written on these beautiful strips of ribbon. And he has done a call out asking you guys if you know of a space that will be willing to um, place this beautiful immersive installation after the Ramadan uh, tent iftar event, then uh, he would love to get in contact uh, with yourself. Now, if you'd like to contact him, the way to do that is um, go on to info at awma.co and his Instagram is at awma.co and Twitter is a at A-W-M-A underscore co. Mashallah. So please do get in touch with him. Now, locally, we have an open iftar that's happening and it's happening on Friday. It's the big iftar, Luton. And Friday, 17th of May, 2019 at St. George's Square from 7pm. Now you can book your tickets on Eventbrite on the big iftar, Luton. um, And the tickets will be released Uh, today at 12 p.m. Now, this is in conjunction with the National Iftar Day, which has been launched by UK radio stations across the country. So this could possibly be a Guinness Book World Record. Um, Radio stations across the country are coming together to do a joint iftar, inviting neighbours and the community to come and break fast. And we are participating too. Our contribution is part of the big iftar in Luton. Mashallah, so much going on. Now, if you have an event that you're hosting, an iftar event, please do get in touch with us. We're more than happy to make sure that it's announced. Um, any community events that are Ramadan related, please get in touch with us at Inspire FM. You can do that by going um, by WhatsApping us on 07779481822. Remember, we do have a Facebook page. If you've not joined the Facebook page, um, do like it. It's Inspire FM Luton. You get to hear and see all the activities that are happening, not just across the radio station, but across the community. Too. We also have a news uh, feature on the website. The website has had a bit of a makeover and we've got a news desk on there so you get to find out all the news stories that have been are happening across our community. We'd like to share your news stories as well so get in touch with us on info at inspirefm.org if you've got any news stories or any events that you'd like us to um, check catch really so so much going on across um, Ramadan mashallah but the one of the biggest things I'm really really enjoying seeing is the uh, plastic free Ramadan plastic free Ramadan local masjids across uh, national masjids are, t- are kind of participating taking this um, on board as a initiative which I hope well, they will continue post-Ramadan as well. I'd mentioned early like York Masjid is doing that and Central Mosque in Birmingham um, I believe is has already done a plastic free free Ramadan too. Now, um, Radio Ramadan is great entertainment across Ramadan. We were hearing um, about Bilal talking about, you know, his experience of Radio Ramadan whilst growing up. It was all in Urdu and not in English. So he kind of missed out a lot. Alhamdulillah, things have changed since then. We're having more of our um, output in English, which is kind of enabling and encouraging a wider audience to get involved. Now, it's not just radio that we get to see lots of interesting uh, 
uh, Ramadan-related, Islamic-related content. There's also television. And I have great pleasure in interviewing um, my next guest, inviting my next guest on the show, who's um, doing just that. She is a television presenter and a producer who has been a very well-loved face and highly recognised on um, a series on British Muslim TV, which um, her career has just, you know, flown um, higher and higher, so much so that she ended up being the face behind um, Eid in Trafalgar Square as well. How awesome is that? Now she's back on the screen with, uh, with not, not on her own, she's actually with her husband this time on British Muslim TV. She's presenting the TV show Ramadan Live alongside her husband, mashallah. And, um, and also she's not just doing British uh, Muslim TV, she's been featured in lots of various news reports as well. So, who am I talking about? It's no other than Nadia Hussain. Assalamu alaikum, Nadia. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullah. We need to just quickly differentiate. I'm not the British Bake Off winner. <laughs> <laughs> just quickly get that out there. Do you know what? <laughs> but, oh, bless you. Do you get that all the time? No, no, not all the time. But often if there's not a face and it's just a name, then they're like, oh my goodness, it's the British Bake Off. And I'm like, no, it's just me. Oh, bless you. Bless you. I hope my listeners didn't get confused there. But it is, it's our very own Nadia Hussein, um, who's, who can bake, but she's not the winner of British Bake Off. Um, my dear, thank you so very much for joining us this morning. Now, um, I understand you have a little one. So... Um, uh, how is she now? We Lena Grace, her name is. How is little Lena? Yeah. Oh, mashallah, she's fab. She's nine months now, mashallah. I feel like she's nine months going on nine years. I mean, <laughs> she's my first baby, so it's all kind of a little bit new for me. Although I've been around children all my life. I was a teacher for 10 years for, for young children, so... Um, you know, and babies, I've been around them a lot. But I just feel, I don't know what it is, new generation, but they're just so on it. They know everything. <laughs> she, she, what she wants, like she knows how to ask for particular things at particular times. And she knows what's annoying. She knows what's naughty. Already, she's ready to have tantrums. And I'm like, what are you doing? You're nine months. <laughs> Does this cradle. have anything to do with genes and who her parents are? Uh, well, you see, anytime she throws a tantrum, Bilal just looks at me and, and he's like, I wonder where she gets that from. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. Like, to be honest, it is the Arab side of the family that I'm sure she's getting her tantrums from. <laughs> bless you, bless you. Now, um, what's really remarkable was when you were um, hosting uh, Ramadan Live, you were an expectant mother then, and you were hosting mm-hmm. alongside your husband. Now, a year later, you've had your little one, mashallah, and you're back on screen as now a mummy so how's that experience been well alhamdulillah first of all i need to just shout out mother-in-laws and also mothers because alhamdulillah if it wasn't for their help we wouldn't have been able to do it this year so they've had to come and, and reside with us for a week each we split it so we've just had one week of Bilal's mom who's been here to help with babysitting duties and now my mom's here so first of all may allah bless and reward all the mothers out there and um so the difference gosh um the difference is I just rush back home very quickly so I can put her to bed. Oh, bless. <laughs> That's the biggest difference. So have <laughs> you not that. thought of bringing her into the studio and making it like a real family event? What do you mean actually on set? Yes. 
I don't think anyone's prepared for that. Maybe we'll talk about it next year. <laughs> inshallah, inshallah. Um, inshallah. Now, what's, tell us a little bit about um, Ramadan Live, the TV show. What mm. can listener, well, our listeners who are listening in expect on screen? Yeah, so alhamdulillah, it's the third year running now. Um, Bilal and I have been hosting it for these past two years and then a couple of times on the first year. Um, but alhamdulillah, it's just, it's a show, you know, and when it's Ramadan, you switch on the TV and you just think, I want to watch something wholesome, something mm. that I'll benefit from, mm. but also something that's a bit fun as well, because to be fair, that's what we're always looking for. That's the kind of era that we live in now. There's got to mm. be a little bit of, you know, fun as well. Like, so, hashtag um, happy, so it's hashtag happy Muslims. That's what we want to see all the time. Oh, absolutely. And inshallah, <laughs> we give that vibe off. Of I mean, we do have a bit of um, a bit of arguing every now and then between myself and my husband. But hopefully, inshallah, people see the funny side to it. It's cute but, banter. Sometimes I think, that's not nice. scripted, is it? I mean, that is so funny. You guys have such oh, a beautiful no. chemistry. And may Allah oh, always bless you. your marriage. And, you know, oh, it's just oh, beautiful. Really, really enjoy watching you together on there. I mean, that's so kind of you. Thank you so much. Alhamdulillah. We, we get on well and we do have the hashtag bands going on. But yeah, in, in terms, generally, it's, it is a um, education-filled kind of um, uplifting spiritual reflection kind of show. So we've got quite a few different um, segments. So we have um, Sarah Joseph Reflects, which is one of my favorites. She just talk, reflects about uh, certain aspects of Ramadan that perhaps we don't think about or mm. she says it in a different way. And if anyone isn't aware, Sarah Joseph was the editor-in-chief of ML. So mashallah, she's just incredibly with it and on it and amazing. And then we've got, we've got a new one this year, which so many people have been really enjoying and it's called Mythbusters and it's the usual myth that we get every mm. Ramadan like I was told I'm not allowed to brush my teeth oh that's a big this one that's a big one so right so, so you get these ones that are a little bit more like you think okay I see the validity in your question but then yesterday we had a Mythbuster which was I was told I break my fast if I swallow my own saliva I mean oh and what? Do really people think that? No, of course not. It's already in your mouth. What are you could do spit every ten minutes. <laughs> like Allah's already put it there and hands in there. MashaAllah. <laughs> so there's, there's loads of different mythbusters um, that people are really enjoying, that people are asking every year, you know, and now you just get a really good, quick, concise mm. answer. And then we have our guests, of course, and they're so inspirational. We've had amazing guests and and, and uh, one of the things again that people really look forward to is Ramadan Mastermind. So this is the mm. bit where there's a few Islamic based questions, but then and there's also just kind of general knowledge, like we talked about planets and and uh, the solar system in general, just things where you can learn something, but also mm. it is fun as well. So, you know, we encourage everyone to give it a watch. You know who really has been enjoying it this year, which has been really heartwarming? Converts or reverts. Um, they've really been enjoying it because unfortunately there's still many around the country who mm -hmm. don't really get to share Ramadan with people mm -hmm. so to, to them we're the only company they have that day but you know alhamdulillah it's good for us but unfortunate for them but we'd love for everyone to tune in and share mm -hmm. it and enjoy it inshallah now tune in they will but where to can you tell us where the show is yeah. on what time and where
in Didi. So it's on every night for the first 14 nights of Ramadan. So there's only seven nights left, so make sure to tune in. It's at 7 p.m., so 7 till 8. Mm-hmm. And you can get it on British Muslim TV, which is Sky 786. No. Yes, seven, eight. Oh gosh, I should have had this in front of me. Find it. Just and find it, all, people. You, can, you the, can stream the, it live as well on 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 the website www.britishmuslim.tv or on Facebook Live as well. Fantastic, fantastic. So, what's really quite awesome is the fact that it's a husband and wife duo, Nadia and Bilal, um, presenting this show called Ramadan Alive. It's it's three years old, mashallah, and um, growing better. Yes, it is. It definitely is. Now, tell me, um, Nadia, I would love to know what your iftaris are like, because Bilal comes from a South Asian background and you're Arab, Palestinian. So what are your iftaris like? What sort of food do you guys present? We're, we're, we're very um, variety-led. Like, there is, alhamdulillah, I've to haven't married a man who's like I have to have my curries every single day because that just wouldn't have worked with me <laughs> so alhamdulillah we with full of different cuisines from all around the world we have Arab we have Indian we have just your usual fish and chips we have British we I love French, that whatever <laughs> yeah we've got sandwiches I mean this year though Bilal's doing a ketosis diet mm-hmm. so he's on no carbs and right. no sugar mm-hmm. at the moment so we're having to kind of um adhere to the rules of that um but actually the have this year have been quite sad because we get back from ramadan live it takes us about half an hour to get back home and then it's already iftar so either his mum or my mum have already prepared the meal and then i go straight up to put lena to bed Aww. so i'm not even at the iftar table <laughs> so oh, bless, bless. this year it hasn't been so um ramadan feely but inshallah mm. as soon as ramadan life finishes i can join the table inshallah 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 now um one thing that we've been kind of talking about is a plastic free ramadan um mm. are these initiatives that you're getting to hear and um and is this something that you will be kind of talking about on your show <laughs> Oh, excuse me. Um, it's not something that we've scheduled in, but we absolutely should. It's something mm. I totally advocate. You know, I saw recently that the, there was a particular measure in Birmingham that started mm. it. Um, and I just adore the idea. I can't stand the fact that people are still buying plastic bottles of, of water, for example. I just don't understand mm. why when that we don't need to do that anymore. We have um, containers where it's sustainable you don't need plastic bottles so it's something that I absolutely advocate and I'm 100% behind but yeah it's something we should also introduce to the show and, and, and talk about because ethical issues are something that um, I always try and drive on the um, Urban Cube Ramadan shows and generally anyway but it's really really wonderful now the fact that I'm not alone in these conversations there seems to be a growing number of people who are coming together and I just love the fact that you mentioned the Birmingham Masjid because that's what we've mentioned earlier on the fact that not just the Birmingham Masjid but one in York as well is having a bring your own cutlery um, to the mosque uh, for Iftari which is absolutely beautiful oh, fab, fab. and yes yeah, I remember you talking about these issues from when we first met like four or five years ago and as you said I think the the, the, the collective voice is getting stronger mm. but I think it's because you just cannot avoid it now you well, can't avoid the fact that our planet is dying and it's 
largely our fault and mm-hmm. we need to do something about it. So, alhamdulillah. And, and as a mother of a young daughter, um, mm. this must make you more concerned about the future that she's going into. Yes, no, absolutely. It really does. It, when you have a child, everyone used to say this, I used to hear it so often. When you have a child, your perspective on life changes, things differ in the way that you feel and see the world. And, and I was like, okay, that, that sounds nice. But then I actually <laughs> felt it and I realized that it's true. Wow. And so absolutely every single thing that that I thought I knew, I'm kind of relearning and, and looking at it through a different lens now. So yes, it's something that I absolutely worry about for not just Lena, but everyone in her generation and below all the new babies and, you know, how are they going to survive in this new world? So we, even for us, you know, we're, we're going to see it in our lifetime. So we, we need to make changes now. Make changes and actually maybe prepare our children for I don't know, not a survival kit, but what to do when things are very basic. You can live without technology. You can. I know. Absolutely. Bilal is so into sci-fi. Right. And all these like sci-fi films. And he's like, right in the future, we're not going to depend on this. This is going to have to have that. And then we're going to go back to basics. And Mm. I think he's in his head. He's already decided what's going to happen and what Lena's going to do because of all the films that we'll watch. (laughs) But I'm like, a lot of that is not actually true. But sure, we'll go ahead. Oh, (laughs) bless, bless. (laughs) Now, you were just talking about the fact that you thought you knew about motherhood until you had Lena. Do you think there's a section on your show that should be about motherhood, the myths? Oh, yes. On Amazon Live. Um, I mean, perhaps so for next year or something. Unfortunately, this year I wasn't involved in any of the production Mm -hmm. just because of time and restraints. So everything um, that was produced was just down to the producers and we're just coming to present it. I mean, they've done an amazing job. But for sure, I think... If I were to be involved in any future programs, I mean, I can't not do a section on motherhood now. Of course. There's just so much to say and so much that other people relate to. And I remember being pregnant thinking, why has no one told me the truth about pregnancy? (laughs) This is so tough. Everyone makes it look like a walk, like Meghan Markle. She just steps out in massive heels. She walks down this massive long runway thing and she looks so glamorous and beautiful and poised. And I was waddling from month five and I only wore flip-flops until the end of the pregnancy. So there were so many things that, you know, during motherhood I've realized is a myth. It's wow. not true, well, whatever you see out there. So you weren't one of the mums that just before she was going to head into labor started doing her makeup for those selfie the perfect selfie selfie oh, before labor nice. i don't know if you've seen this article but there's lots of instagram um stars who were mm. about to go into labor actually made sure their hair and makeup was done before they went to deliver their baby that mm. is so sad i'm just gonna put that out there that's really sad because that's this is the moment that you're just connecting with your body right now and what color your eyeshadow is is just really not important in my opinion each to their own but no <laughs> thank you <laughs> let's just go back to mother nature i did not i mean when i my waters broke i was just panicking up I, I opted for a home birth as oh well. wow so um it didn't carry on i ended up transferring halfway through but that was just on my own accord because i just wanted more pain relief that's another thing labor is hard <laughs> 
And I needed more pain relief. So, um, no, 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 I didn't do any of that at all. I was just in my pyjamas and I was just concentrating on breathing and that's all that mattered. Oh, bless you. And I just want to send a massive big salams and duas out to all the mothers with children who spend more time preparing the iftaris and suhoor and making sure that their children are fed and looked after and and spend less time eating. And you're one of them, mashallah, mother of five. That has been used for many years and I'm sure it still is, mate. You you missed one out, I've got six. Six? Oh, hang on. Is this a new one? No. No, no. No, it's not, is it? So beg your pardon. It's been a a long few years since we've had a catch-up, my dear. But just sending a massive islam because I think what's beautiful on social media, we're seeing more recognition of the mothers and, and, you know, the Mm. effort that they make. And I'm loving these images of where we're seeing that, you know, brothers, you need to support your wives um, in the cooking of iftari as well um, and doing it equally and not just relying on, you know, your wife to do everything, uh, mashallah. Because it's not just the iftar, is it? It's the rest of the house. Of course. I'm looking at the pile of laundry now thinking, oh, there's so much to do and we need help. Right, my darling, I better let you get back to the laundry because we are heading to the end of the show. It's been an absolute pleasure having you joining us, Nadia. Every Ramadan, I have the pleasure of inviting you back. Um, give my salams to Brother Bilal and Ramadan Mubarak to gorgeous Lena. And um, folks, don't forget to tune in to Ramadan Live with the wonderful yes, Nadia. Make sure, come watch us tonight. Go on Facebook, British Muslim TV on the Facebook page and click uh, click on the but uh, the video will be live. Watch in- us then. Inshallah. Thank you so very much, my darling, right. for joining us. Take care. Take care. And that's Ramadan Mubarak to the absolutely wonderful Nadia. So full of beans, so full of energy. Absolutely wonderful. Now we're heading to the end of the show. Ramadan Mubarak to everybody. Uh, please keep us in your duas um, if there are time. And inshallah, join me next week. Assalamu alaikum. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Why not tune in to our live stream? at inspirefm.org and follow and subscribe to our social media platforms at inspirefmluton.